0: We are going to die, and that makes us the lucky ones. Most people are never going to die because they are never going to be born. The potential people who could have been here in my place, but who will in fact never see the light of day, outnumber the sand grains of Arabia. Certainly those unborn ghosts include greater poets than Keats, scientists greater than Newton. We know this because the set of possible people allowed by our DNA so massively exceeds the set of actual people. In the teeth of these stupefying odds, it is you and I in our ordinariness that are here. Richard Dawkins This is the Raising Freethinkers Podcast. I'm Dale McGowan author of Parenting Beyond Belief and Raising Freethinkers, books for raising compassionate, curious kids without religion. One of the insights that can really set non-religious parenting apart from religious parenting is what I call personal improbability, or, in the words of Monty Python, how amazingly unlikely was your birth. At the heart of traditional religion is the notion that our lives are of great significance to a loving God. In most Christian denominations, things happen for a reason. At the very least, nothing contravenes God's will. We are each here because God wants us to be here. Those with a naturalistic perspective, on the other hand, should spend some time meditating on the incredible odds against each one of us ever having existed. It's hard to take existence for granted once you realize how very, very, very close you came to missing the dance entirely. I've had great conversations with all three of my kids about this. It can completely reframe our view of death and life. When my son Connor was about 11, he announced that he needed boxer shorts right away. It had to do with peer pressure and arbitrary norms and middle school locker rooms, all of which I remember really well. So I ran him to the mall and we bought a few pairs. And in the car on the way home, I remembered something that I thought he might find interesting. I asked if he knew that he owed his existence to, among many other things, boxer shorts. And what follows is a definitively secular exchange of wonder. boxer shorts? This was news to the boy, not the general idea of owing his existence to countless small happenstances. He had long enjoyed the knowledge that several hundred things could have prevented his parents from meeting, from finding each other attractive, from dating, from marrying, and from staying married long enough to spring off. He understands that one particular sperm and one particular egg had to meet for him to ever exist. And he vibrates with dawning excitement as he extends those had-tos back through the generations, back to his confederate great-great-great-grandfather who was felled by a Yankee bullet through the neck at 19 and bled profusely, almost but not quite enough to erase the great-great-great-grandson he would want to have. Connor has worked his way back through a million generations of humans and pre-humans to imagine two rat-like creatures rocking the casbah at the precise moment the asteroid slammed into Chicxulub. 65 million years ago. Further clinching the existence of their great, 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 etc., grandson. Ooh, baby, one rat says to the other. Did you feel that too? But boxer shorts, that was a new one. He demanded to know what I was talking about. So I told him that sperm can get sluggish if they're too warm and that briefs hold the testicles against a man's warm body, and that four months after his mom and I started trying to create him, without luck, I saw this article that suggested switching to boxer shorts, and... His eyes were wide. You got pregnant. Well, mom did, technically, but I... Holy buckets, he said, clutching his head. He turned toward me with the look of a person who had just missed getting hit by a train. What if you saw that article a month earlier? Or later, I said. We had added another casual causal coincidence to the march of time, his father stumbling over some random magazine article. I think it was at Great Clips, I said, while I waited for a haircut. A haircut? But what if... What if she finished the other haircut before you saw the... Boy, does he get it. Now I have religious friends who think that God fixes these things for us. He matched me with the right mate. He put the magazine there for me to read. He kept the other guy's haircut going until I could read it. In addition to thinking that's not true, that's a world that makes me yawn. A world with most of the wonder stripped out of it. In that world, we are Jehovah's chess pieces, moving in preordained patterns. It's tedious and uninspiring to me. Thinking instead about how amazingly unlikely your birth was? Well, if you haven't done it, be my guest. It's a perspective that can lend non-religious parenting a deliciously different flavor. And it's an avenue into naturalistic wonder. A Wonder is a natural consequence of being a piece of the universe that woke up. And I've always found religious wonder kind of vague and colorless in its hyperbole. God is great, greater than you can imagine, oh, perfect love, and so on. It never really spoke to me. Now compare that to a few examples of the wonder, of the world revealed by scientific inquiry. These things never lose their ability to inspire me. Condense the history of the universe to a single year with a big bang at midnight on January 1st. Today is the very last millisecond of the year. Now on that scale, humans first appear on December 31st at 10.30 p.m. We are star material that knows it exists. Every atom in your body has existed since the beginning of time. And nearly every one of them has since then passed through several stars, not to mention countless animals, plants, and people before becoming a part of you. When you are done with them, they will go back into circulation, and there's a very good chance that you'll be part of the stars again someday. The faster you go, the slower time moves. Your memories, your knowledge, even your sense of self exist entirely in the form of a constantly recomposed electrochemical symphony playing inside your head. All life on Earth is directly related by descent. You are a cousin not just of apes, but of the sequoia and the amoeba, of mosses and butterflies and blue whales. That is wonder. I've never found anything in the religious imagination to rival that list. For the jaw-dropping, heart-pounding evocation of wonder. Not one thing. Now, as a result... I don't need to hide religious ideas from my kids. I only have to introduce them as well to the intoxicating wonders of the real world. Some people protest that science stops at the measurable, that those things that can't be quantified and calculated are beyond its scope, and in a way that's true. But the foundation of reality that science gives us becomes a springboard to the contemplation of those unmeasurables. A starting point from which we dive into the unknown. Our reality has astonishing implications and yields incredible mystery, question upon question. Many of them forever unanswerable. But isn't it better to bathe in the genuine mystery behind our actual reality? Instead of contemplating the mystery behind a mythical sacrifice or transubstantiation or angels dancing on the head of a pin? It's easy to get a child addicted to real wonders if you start early enough. Just point them out. They are all around us. And include a few references to what was once thought to be true. Take thunder, for example. Explain that a bolt of lightning rips through the air, zapping trillions of air molecules with energy hotter than the sun. Those superheated molecules explode out of the way with a crack. When the bolt is gone, it leaves a vacuum behind, an empty space, and all those molecules smash into each other again as they fill the emptiness. That's the long rumble you hear. Waves of air, miles and miles long, swirling and colliding like surf at the beach. I find that completely wonderful. Then explain that people once thought it was a sound made by an angry god in the sky. And enjoy your child's face as she registers how much less interesting that is. Repeat steps one and two until college. Now, once they've engaged our actual reality and pondered the astonishing good luck of ending up a conscious creature in the midst of it, endowed with the capacity to do that pondering and living in a time when real answers to ancient questions are in our hands, why would they look beyond the real world? inspiration. The Raising Freethinkers podcast is a production of Only Sky Media, exploring the whole human experience from the secular perspective. Visit us online at onlysky.media. Thanks for listening. I'm Dale McGowan. See you next time for raising free thinkers.